Welcome to another Oregon Music News Coffee Shop Conversation. The coffee shop being World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason. I'm OMN editor Tom D'Antoni. With me today is blues guitarist singer Mary Flower, known for her Piedmont blues and her slide guitar. She's always on the road, so it's nice to get her in one place for an hour. I actually ran into her last night at Blackwell's where she was sitting in for Lloyd-Jones. We'll talk about that. Coming up in future Coffee Shop Conversations will be Third Angle's Ron Blessinger, multi-instrumentalist dancer and Ms. Multiculti Belinda Underwood, pianist-composer-producer Ramsey Embick, entertainment attorney Peter Von Shaver, lots, lots more. Don't forget, we're now on the Stitcher app. How about we talk to Mary Flower? How about that, huh? Thank you so much, Tom. Lovely to be here. Yes, glad to have you. Uh, I did not expect to see you last night. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. He thought I was the door greeter, just like Walmart. I I walked into the famed uh, Blackwell's Beefsteak Grub uh, Grill. Is that? I don't know what it's called. Blackwell's Beefsteak Grill. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there you were. Yes. I uh, was not expecting that. It was great to see you. Um, they, you were uh, subbing for uh, Lloyd-Jones because he was in Hawaii or something. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Have you played with those guys before? I've sat in with them on lap steel before, you know, yeah. for a set with Lloyd. <clears throat> and I thought I was an odd choice because they, they could have, you know, gotten Kevin Self or any number of guys who could have friended the band all night. Uh-huh. And I was uh, honored that uh, Dave Call asked me, and I had to think about it because I thought, it's not really what I do. Yeah. But I think I can do it. <laughs> but I've never played electric guitar, really. And I had to borrow one, and he had to borrow an amp, and it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> but um, I should have just stayed on my own guitar, but the <clears throat> the volumes... The acoustic guitar that I play, the volume started rising, and it was hard to hard to stay above those. You're going to stay present yeah. <laughs> with the volumes going up. But um, it was a really fun night for me, and uh, especially when the guy from um, Santana showed up, uh-huh. and that everything began to perk up from that moment uh-huh. on. the The roof kind of got raised a little bit, so <laughs> it was really fun to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you don't that often play with a drummer, do you? Never. Never. That's what I thought. Well, I kind of play by myself. I mean, I've, yeah. I, I, I play with a variety of people, but I'm rarely in a band, an electric band situation. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. what a treat. And he's the best. He's Brian, Brian Foxworth. Foxworth. Oh, yeah. my God. He's he looks like he's sleeping. I know. And you turn around, and he's, his eyes are closed, and his head's over to the side, and you're thinking, <laughs> the guy is sleeping. And then... Out of nowhere, he takes a solo. It's like he he just knows that they're going to ask him after the bass solo. Yeah. You know, he knows when to come in, and he was amazing. Yeah, he's been around a long time. Too. I know Brian. Yeah, yeah, I've heard him and done a few things with him, but not really yeah. played with him. But, um, yeah. yeah, he's a sweetheart. I first saw him, he was a rubberneck. It was like before you got here, because <laughs> uh, you got here not too long after I got here. I got here in 97. I got here 11 years ago. Yeah. 
whatever that yeah. was. But, uh, yeah, and of course, Brian's also in the uh, great band, the Roseland Hunters. Oh, yeah. The New Orleans yeah. style band. Yeah, and he's in some little group that plays the Blue Diamond every uh, Thursday night. Uh huh. I haven't quite ventured into that place yet. Uh, oh, that could be Ben Jones' band. Ben Jones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big Ben. And uh, Mark Steele, I think, is in it. Yeah. And I can't remember yeah. who else. Yeah. I'd love to hear those guys. They're just they're yeah. the best. I've heard them uh, accompany LaRonda uh -huh. a couple of times. So what is it you had to figure out last night? About playing with those guys? Yeah. Well, A, I had to figure out a repertoire uh -huh. that was, um, I'm not going to say lowest common denominator, but I'm going to say uh, a generic enough repertoire that they, that they could follow me and I wouldn't be throwing them. Because the stuff I do is not <clears throat> really suitable for a band. It's, I mean, it's too quirky and weird. Yeah. And um, yeah. I can't, I just can't go into a situation saying, well, here's, here's this ragtime piece with four four parts, you know, let's try this. So I had to figure, I mean, it took me a day. I created a set list uh -huh. of things I thought I could pull out of the hat. And then um, I had this electric guitar, which I didn't really make friends with. It, it was uh, not set up right and, oh. you know, it made noise, though. It made some noise. But, well, that's so, important. I, I felt, I, going into it, I felt uh, totally inadequate. I oh. didn't know how to play electric guitar, oh, and, I, and I didn't know if I had the right material or enough of it. So, I, I mean, I was nervous about this. Really? It was crazy. And then, the, then I just settled right in. It was fine. Yeah. yeah. It was more, I just didn't know. I didn't know. But the second, you know, the second I got on lap steel, I'm I'm really comfortable do, playing lap steel, yeah. and I'm also a bass player, which nobody knows, and I could have played bass with any of that stuff that Dave was there. But uh, you know, leading all that stuff, I I felt like also I didn't have enough really up tempo stuff. I had limited uh, amount of that, uh -huh. a lot of slower stuff. Uh -huh. But it worked out just fine, and man, we had so many great guests. I didn't have to worry about a thing. Yeah. Yeah. What love you, love flying by the seat of my pants like that. It was really fun. It's hard to imagine that you would be nervous. I know. I don't usually get nervous. Yeah. But there were a couple things that just had me um, apprehensive. Uh, uh -huh. I just didn't think I could quite. Part of it was just not being comfortable. It's like uh, it's like telling you to be a reporter and giving you a typewriter. You know, <laughs> like. It, oh it, man, I'd love to have my selectric back. <laughs> Well, I'd give anything electric. if I could write on a selectric. That would be an electric. <laughs> I was one so would be fast great. on a selectric. Actually, I think I was faster on a selectric than I am on a computer. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god. Well, those were pretty cool. <laughs> they yeah. were. They yeah. were. And they had that key you could go back and correct it. Yeah. Oh, you could nice. Just erase it. It would be gone. It's oh, a mistake. I would like to have one of those in life. I know. <laughs> Could you get me one or two? I bet Amazon has them. Yeah. Erase your mistakes in life. I'll take three. You could be a millionaire if you could. Yeah, that really. One. Um, you know, the I I I, I, I the only I, I know I would be nervous in that in that in that bar if I had ordered the meatloaf muffin. What? <laughs> it's a specialty of the house. <laughs> I I have I, I, one day I'm going to order it. Oh, let's just see what a meatloaf muffin is. I missed that. Yeah, yeah. 
I've never seen it. I've never heard of it before. I'm not sure people go there for the food, but uh, <laughs> it's cheap. Yeah, it Prime is. Prime rib is. for seven ninety nine. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it has strip club <laughs> prices for food. <laughs> not that you would know that, but I. No, we didn't. Not that. How would I? How, how do I know that? Jeez, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, a gambling, you know, yes. gambling casino yes. prices. Yes, yes, yeah, that place uh, is. Uh, we're talking about uh, this place last night where I played. Um, Blackwell's. Blackwell's. Grub steak. Grill. <laughs> Blackwell's Grill. I don't know what it's called. It's called Blackwell's it's, Grub Steak Grill. Oh, it really is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's right out of the 50s. And yeah. It's like they never thought to remodel. Right. Or change any of that, whatever the feeling is in there. Oh, it's perfect. It's, it is a trip. <laughs> it takes you right back. And I love the way you get approached immediately for um, $5. You have to buy something worth $5. Yes. Even if you're sitting in with a band, you have to order. Is that right? Well, I've been approached, and I just had to put the woman <laughs> off, you know, all night. And it's like, oh, my God, leave me alone. I, You know. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, what a gig. <laughs> they've they've certainly, you know, they've really helped business in that place. It's like I, I was telling um, Dave last night that I remembered the night that Janice Scroggins died. Yes. Everybody came in there because it was like home. Yeah. You know, they knew they yeah. could be with their friends, and yeah. it was such a awful day for a lot of people. And and we just, without any notice at all, and it was Wednesday, and everyone just went there, and it was just. Everybody felt better, you know. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, it, and it's really amazing how her death is still resonating. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. she's not going anywhere. She's not going away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, she, she made an impact here. And I don't think she ever knew it, you know. Maybe. I know a week, I don't know, a week never, it does not go by where somebody doesn't mention Janice Crockett. Yeah, that's true. It's really true, and and it comes out of nowhere sometimes. You know? Yeah, I just played with this uh, great young crackerjack piano player from Seattle, named Arthur Miliatza, uh -huh. and he's amazing. Uh, just a an incredible concert, and he was at my house, and I said, "You have to hear this," and I put on my favorite tune of Janice's, which is uh, <clears throat> in the. Uh, the CD with Linda, it's like the fifth, it's like uh -huh. her seven minute. Oh solo. my God, I love that. Oh, Unbelievable oh, oh, too. Yeah, it's yeah, stride. Yeah. It, she just takes yeah. you through the changes. Yeah. And it turns out that my friend Arthur then is about to do the 10 grand concert in oh. um, Seattle. Michael Allen Harris. Yeah. 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 The Seattle version of it. Yeah. So, so he had a preview of Janice. Now he knows who she is. And he, uh, he loved it. He loved hearing her. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so what do you mean you're a bass player? Well, I'm not a bass player. I, I can't play upright very – I can't play upright at all. But I can play electric bass. I've just I've played it all my life. I'm not, I mean, you know, since I was a teenager. Uh -huh. No, I, I, I'm exaggerating. I've played it probably for 30 years. Uh -huh. And it's just like guitar. I mean, you know where the one is and the five. And, yeah. the, um, and Recently, I played with Norman Sylvester. We were at a party, and I and we got up on stage, and I said, "You're the one I want to play with." We had to, everyone was doing a tune. I said, "Can yeah. I just play bass with you?" And I never do it because 
I'm always at a place where there's a bass player playing his bass, and I can't yeah. walk up and say, would you mind if I... Because I'm not a spectacular player, but I can yeah. keep up and yeah. do just fine and yeah. do the right do the right thing, usually uh -huh. get the groove going. So, But I never ha I don't own a bass, and I never have the opportunity, so oh. I've kind of forgotten. So, <laughs> But anyway, yeah. I shouldn't say I'm a bass player. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> so you're still traveling all the time, yeah, I am. Um, Where have you been lately? Well, I went down to Austin about three weeks ago, and right before South by Southwest, uh -huh. and recorded a new CD um, in a great studio with an engineer that has done about ten projects for Willie, and he was great. He was really nice and a great engineer, and produced by Kaz Kazanoff, uh -huh. one of the Texas Horns. Yeah. And um, it was with uh, it was really a project for Rich Del Grosso, the mandolin player, blues mandolin player, uh -huh. and uh, a third person that he invited on named Martin Grosswent, who's from the East Coast. So he brought all three of all, all three of us joined together down there and did this really cool little um, acoustic blues CD with lots of three-part harmonies, and <clears throat> we're all switching off instruments and. Um, we recorded four songs a day, which is really pretty fast. Wow, that is and, fast. Um, That's I mean, really we fast. just we hustled it along and got it sounded pretty darn good. So it wasn't it was as close to live as it can be, you uh -huh. know, recorded live. But um, so we're, he's kind of shopping that around a little bit. Let's see if we can find a label. So what tunes did you do? Um, well, I did one that I did last night that I. Or did I sing it last night? I can't remember if I... No, I guess I didn't. <laughs> I was just kind of a little uh, song called Baby, Where You Been. Um, I did an old uh, Lil, Lil Johnson tune uh -huh. uh, called The Minor Blues. Uh -huh. I sing these blues in a minor key. It's a real uh, uh, <laughs> kind of classic blues woman uh -huh. old tune. And uh, oh, we did some stuff from... Um, Kind of some old, like, string bandy, uh, bluesy stuff, like uh, Martin Bogan and Armstrong kind really? of stuff. Um, real real good stuff. Um, I mean, it's it's very listenable. Um, Rich dug up a song called the Google Blues, <laughs> which is a, is a great tune about a guy who, who's looking to meet women in the bar. And he sits down, and they start talking, and pretty soon she's Googling him. Ah. And, you know, she Googled me, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's one of these dar -nir -nir -nir, you know, kind of tunes, and it's it's very funny and very clever. So there's some kind of couple of new tunes on there, and um, and some old stuff and some original stuff. So uh -huh. a lot of fun. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> you ever hear Big Boy Groves? No, never heard that he, name. Yeah, I I I found a couple of really weird tunes. That have that da 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 da, oh, thing. Yeah. and and and, and he, he just talks them, you know. Is is it funny stuff? Very very funny. Oh, I'm gonna look him up. Very funny. Tom, you're a wealth of information. He does one uh, about uh, I bought a new car, and it's very funny. And he can't afford it. He can't afford to pay for it. Can't afford the gas. And uh, and then he does another one like that on horse racing. And the problems with that. <laughs> plenty. There are plenty of problems. <laughs> I, 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 an old friend of mine was a, a tout. He said, uh, 
the thing about horse racing is it's not designed for you to win. It's designed for you to contribute. <laughs> yeah. To your addiction. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh? Where was Big Boy Groves from? I no, I know nothing about him whatsoever. G R O V E S. Yes. Interesting. Big Boy Groves. I'll check him out. <laughs> That's cool. Um. So what's it? What's what's uh, what's the scene like in Austin these days? Uh, hipper than thou. I mean, hipper than Portland than hipper than thou. There was there was just a uh, study done by some. I don't know where I read this, but uh, the the top hippest cities are first is New Orleans, <laughs> yeah. second is Austin, third is Portland. <laughs> so we're we're the bottom, man. Um, it's really uh, tragically hip. I mean, I just couldn't oh, believe boy. it with um, the food carts and the uh, uh, tattoos, and it's all about the taco. You know, it's tacos down there. <laughs> there are millions of taco places that are all incredible, and we got taken to quite a few of them. Um, there was a drive-through taco place that you know was just happening. The cars were just lined up and. <laughs> and uh, it it was really fun, and then you know some great coffee roasters, and they've got it going on. They've got quite the young scene. Yeah, but a lot of it's, Portland Portland musicians, not a lot, but there's there, there's there's several. There were you know, losses that Portland suffered when they when guys people moved to to, to, to Austin. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. want to move there really, to tell you the truth. But yeah, it's it's kind of about the singer songwriter. Yeah, you know, and the country music, and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. I'm happy where I am. I don't. I don't aspire to keep moving around looking for the hippest city. You know. Is, that's not why you moved to Portland. That to is find not why. The, hip, the hipper no. city. No, no, no. Not where I moved to Portland. Because you had it going on in Denver, didn't you? Oh, well. I mean, I was there a long time. I was there 30 years. Yeah. I got so sick of so much of you know. It's a. You know, it's now the capital of fracking, you know. I mean, yes. it's just like unbelievable. Yeah. I, I knew yeah. the guy that's the governor now that because uh -huh. uh, <clears throat> he owned a, uh, a beer, you know, a, one of the first breweries. Really? Yeah. And um, no, I'm, t I'm t thinking the mayor. It's the mayor, I think, who. Uh -huh. No, it's the governor, Hickenlooper. That's the governor. Oh, I see. I think. Anyway. <clears throat> um, now, I moved for a lot of reasons. The uh -huh. hipness factor wasn't part of it, but <laughs> they they built an airport that's about a 40-minute drive outside of the city with no public transportation. <laughs> that was one of the things that began to really get to me was, <laughs> how am I going to get to the airport this time, you know? Yeah. So uh, a lot of reasons. But my son is here. One of my two kids lives here. Uh -huh. And I would come visit. Um, he was at Lewis and Clark, and I'd come visit him and do a few gigs around and um i fell in love with it and for five years i was trying to figure out how to make it happen okay. i finally won this guitar at a competition <laughs> and it was worth a lot of money and i had no use for it so i sold it and that became my ticket your grub steak that was it yeah that was it the grub steak grill <laughs> so um that's really kind of the reason those are the reasons it's hard to pull up roots, isn't it? That's why it took me five years. Yeah. It's really hard yeah. to sell a house yeah. and say goodbye to your friends. And, and I, I do miss uh, a lot of my friends back there, but um, I play there. I try to play there once every year or two. Uh -huh. And some people come out here and play. And um, 
Yeah, so I try to stay in touch. Glad you did it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a a really good place to be. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. Is your son still in Jackstraw? Oh yes, lifetime commitment. I think <laughs> <laughs> once you're in it, you don't you don't quit. Yeah, they're down at the Laurel Thirst every Tuesday night. Yeah, with this crowd of people, you know, all about forty or younger, more like thirty-five or yeah. younger. Yeah. And they just stand there like cattle and dance <laughs> by themselves. Men dancing by themselves. It's great. What a concept. It's a concept. You kind of have to be there to believe it. So did you teach him what he knows? Well, he's he plays upright bass with those guys. Yeah. Um, I encouraged him and took him to a couple of camps that I taught at. And he you know, took various lessons. He really got the bluegrass fever because we were, um, when he was growing up, our friends were all in a group called Hot Rise. Uh-huh. Tim O'Brien, Nick Forster, who has E-Town, uh-huh. uh, Pete Warnick, Charles Sautel, who's, uh, who has died since then. But um, we were sort of in this family of musicians, and he really loved those guys, and that made a lasting impression on him that that was the music he really wanted to play. So, um, so that was really his kind of calling. <clears throat> but he plays with me from time to time. He can... He can catch on to anything. He's a quick, he's uh-huh. a quick study. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend him to anybody. Just about. What what instrument did he want first? Uh, he played guitar first. Um, and did you, did did you you taught him chords? Oh no, he played fiddle first. Oh. We gave him lessons. Uh-huh. Played the fiddle, uh-huh. and uh, and both kids played piano, and uh, uh-huh. and then. Uh, I think, you know, the only reason he plays bass is because when he graduated from Lewis and Clark, he'd become fans of Jack Straw, uh-huh. and uh, they lost their bass player. And he rented a bass and practiced for about a week, and then went and did an audition with him. I didn't think it was a week. I think it was a day, maybe. And they hired him right off the bat. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that was pretty funny. You go to four years of school so you can learn how to play in a bluegrass band. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What was your first instrument? A guitar? Uh, ukulele. Really? Yeah. My sister brought one wow. over from college before they were cool, I might add. Yes. Extremely yeah, cool now. They, they, were, they, they were out there in the wilderness for decades. Yes, they were. As being not only not cool, but being uncool. Yeah. Tiny <laughs> Tim. Pre-Tiny Tim, you know. Wow. But, Post Arthur Godfrey, free tiny yes, Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And they totally, totally missed the folk boom. You know, it just uh, it wasn't taken seriously. But it, you know, it was easy to play. I was a frustrated. Uh, my parents kept sending me to different piano teachers, uh-huh. and I refused to learn how to read music because I had a, a good ear and it was faster to just listen to what she was playing and go uh-huh. keep it in my head. Go home, yeah. play it. And think, oh, I got it, no problem. And I'd go back the next week, and she'd say, "You're not reading. You're not playing what's written. You're playing a, a version of what's written." <laughs> so I kept being shifted around to all these different um, piano teachers. And finally, by the time I was, I don't know, 11 or something, my sister brought this ukulele home from college, and it was just so easy to play. It was just like, oh, I could do this, and 
after I quote unquote mastered that, I begged and pleaded until I got a guitar. Uh, and of course, that was right. That was Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, that whole oh, period. And, yeah. and I was just, I spent most of my teenage years in front of the record player dropping the needle back. You know, going, what was that? What was that? What was that? <laughs> and uh, I, that's pretty much how I learned, just by ear, you know, uh-huh. wow. the whole time. So I was, I was, uh, you couldn't tear me away from it. I had a little folk group called the Hooten Annies. <laughs> And um, we won this big competition at this place called Indiana Beach. Uh-huh. And I just was reading this uh, Janis Joplin biography work, and I saw that she played there at really? the same place. Wow. <laughs> and we won this competition, and we, so we got hired to come back at the end of the – I realize I'm taking a little side journey here. But we got asked to uh, – uh, you know, we won this competition, so we came back for the finals. Uh-huh on a certain night, and it so happened that I had tickets for the Beatles the same night that we were, <laughs> oh my God, it was horrible. What did you do? I had to give my ticket away oh, to a friend, no. my $5 ticket. <laughs> and uh, and where was this? Indianapolis. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they, I had to, I mean, I've regretted it to this day that I was so nice <laughs> that I couldn't say no to my group. Oh. And then we, of course, lost the finals to a... Ten-year-old uh, Al Hurt wannabe oh, trumpet player. <laughs> uh, talk about regrets, oh, you know. Man. So did he play Java? I can't. I don't remember what he played. I we saw him and we knew it was all over. So I I don't remember what he played, but Al he was Hurt. impressive. Al so, Hurt. Al Hurt. You know, Alan Toussaint wrote Java. You know that? No. Yes. Is that the da 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 Oh yeah. I did not know that. That man is amazing. I mean he's he's something. Yeah. Alan Toussaint. Well so was Al Hurt. He could play. That's true. He he got respect in New Orleans. He sure did. Yeah. He was the king. He was. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Did somebody it's hit him? Somebody threw something at him during the Mardi Gras parade one time. Hit him in the head. Oh, God. I didn't yeah. hear that. I hope it wasn't beads. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> that wouldn't hurt you. No. I think you got be. hurt. Anyway. So uh, so what kind of tunes did the Hootenannies do? Oh, we did everything we could get our hand. It was all commercial stuff. Uh-huh. You know, it was all if I had a hammer. and Yeah. I mean, I, boy, I can't, I don't know. I think we did some Bob Dylan. I can't remember. There was a, a girl that badly hacked away on the banjo. I was the <laughs> ringleader. Uh-huh. And we had three-part harmonies. There were five of us. We wore little matching outfits. Is that right? Striped shirts and black black, uh, black skirts and white tennis shoes. <sighs> we were just rocking. Okay. It was, it was right. sexy looking, man. <laughs> and... Uh, it was that was, was was that that was pre that was that that was pre miniskirts though wasn't it or was yeah, it yeah well it probably probably wasn't it, but oh. we didn't have we had oh. our knee our big old knees were showing so <laughs> oh just above God. the knee knees yeah I know man. the bees knees <laughs> but uh, yeah those were my roots and then I got to college and started realizing where all the music came from ah. I went to the best ethnomusicology school at Indiana University uh-huh. and there were just some great musicians who flocked there because they, from all over 
uh, who are in that program. You know, so would we recognize any names? Oh. No, it's names that have continued to be big in my head, but I, I don't think uh, yeah. Mark Bingham, who uh -huh. turned out to be work for Piety Street in New Orleans, which oh, yeah. recorded everybody. Yeah, uh, he was the engineer on my CD that I did down there. Uh -huh. um, no, probably not names that you would know. Hey, what was it like recording in New Orleans? Is it was it incredible. Di was it different? Um. Well, it was different for me because I didn't know about 80% of the guys I'd never met. Wow. Those guys. Henry yeah. Butler. Oh, I met him. At, he and I played at a couple of festivals together, so I yeah. was able to talk to him at a festival about uh -huh. playing. So I sort of knew him. John Cleary I'd never met. Um, and uh, really, Mark Bingham was responsible for calling all these guys in. Uh -huh. uh, Dr. Michael White. Incredible. I know. Um, yeah. It was They're giants. Everybody was so happy to be there and they all like rode their bikes to the session or many really? of them did, yeah. <laughs> and um uh they were also happy and it was just it was it was what, three months before Katrina. Yeah. So everybody was just yeah. good they were all glad to be working and being paid and yeah. they were all happy to and Amacy who works with uh, Amacy Miller, yeah. Yeah, Amacy was yeah. on it before I knew that he knew Reggie and he's gonna that was before he's, Reggie. No, I guess Reggie was already here. Reggie was here, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's coming back with Charmaine to play at the Blues Festival. Yes, he is. Yeah. 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 Oh, Amasi's going to be there? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see his name. I saw Charmaine's, yeah. but that's what, that makes Pete, sense. That's what Peter told me. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. Um, um, so is it, a, is it a better atmosphere to play music in New Orleans? I got the feeling that those guys, well, with the exception of Cleary, who toured, you know, uh -huh. Bonnie Raitt, um, and some of those guys did some touring too, but I got the feeling that when they were in New Orleans, if they wanted to make a living, they were out there five five gigs a day, yeah, doing an hour here and 15 minutes there. Yeah. Uh, I get the feeling that's what it was. It's kind of a grind uh -huh. <clears throat> from, from what I saw. I mean, I'm sure there are some beautiful moments, Yeah. but um, there's so many musicians, you know. And I don't know, I shouldn't say so few gigs, but it's kind of what it's like here, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I guess, and, and also people, it must be a, a, a kind of also a parallel where people want to live in New Orleans, but they, they, they have to make a lot of their money elsewhere. Yeah. It's like it's the same with yeah. Portland musicians. Yeah. The same with you. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. You, they you, say you shouldn't play so much in your own hometown. Yeah. Although I have been. <laughs> you do, yeah. Breaking the rule. Yeah. And you're never a star in your own hometown either. That's the other thing. So, uh, but yeah, I think there it's even worse. I think they, they have to get on the road. They have to be in one of those big, yeah. like, not Preservation Hall, one of the big uh, brass band, Dirty Dozen brass band. or yeah. I don't know how those guys make any money with all those people, but yeah. they're, they're doing well, I think, but. Yeah, you've got to get out of town. You, you must have the traveling down now. You must really have it down. <laughs> I hate it. I hate yeah. the travel. I love being there, but I hate getting there. Huh. It's hard. Yeah. I just find it's this, the worst thing as I'm – and I don't know anyone who's a fan of flying, but there's so much turbulence now, and it just uh -huh. freaks me out. It just seems like everywhere I go, they, you're, you're taken off, and they say um, – 
oh, it's, it's going to be a smooth trip to wherever you're going. And then an hour and a half into the flight, they still haven't turned on the light that lets people up to use the bathroom, oh, you know, geez. because turbulence is just, and I feel like yeah, we've just yeah. ruined the airspace. It's just somehow just, I don't know. I mean, it's all part of the global warming thing, I think, or yeah. cult, the change, yeah, climate change, climate change. I don't know. Anyway, I do I do love going to these places. Um, I've got a pretty full summer, um, but I like being home. Uh-huh. You know, I like getting on my bike and uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's just it's such a great place. Where are you gonna be this summer? Yeah, playing the Vancouver Island Folk Festival, which uh-huh. is a pretty big deal, and um, I've got four guitar camps that I'm teaching at, one in New Hampshire, one in Alabama, Centrum up in Port Townsend, uh-huh. and then I've started my own camp up in, up the gorge at a, a retreat center called Manuka, and last year was our first year, it was sold out, four, four staff, and uh, about 40 students, and this year we're expanding by a day, making it five days and five uh-huh. teachers, and um, the last phone call I made today was, or uh, email was to Josh White Jr. Ah. asking him to come be on staff. So we'll see. Uh, but I've got Pat Donahue and uh, Eleanor Ellis from uh, D.C. area. She did a little film on Piedmont Blues when John Jackson and John Cephas yeah. were alive. And yeah. She's great. And uh, Scott Ainsley from Vermont. Just, uh, t- people who are not only good players, but good teachers. A lot of people, mm. I think, don't really understand what Piedmont Blues is. Right. They don't. Um, and I know you, you play more than Piedmont Blues, much more than Piedmont Blues, but you do play Piedmont Blues. Yeah. What is it? Piedmont Blues, uh, I call it the band in the hand. It's uh, uh-huh. the thumb does the alternating bass. Uh-huh. The fingers play the melody. Uh-huh. And there's syncopation involved. And um, I always say... If you've got the good band in the hand, you don't have to worry about your bass player showing up uh, sober or not, because <laughs> you got it right here. So, um, you know, if you look at the, they call it Piedmont because that's the area of the country where all these solo players were from. Uh-huh. So, Blind Blake, uh, Gary Davis, Blind Boy what Fuller. We call Appalachia. Yeah. Hey. Appalachia, I consider different. Uh, I'm talking about okay. the area between the mountains and the ocean, all the way up the East Coast, North Carolina, uh-huh. Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, um, that's where they all lived. All the way up to about D.C., right? Yeah. Yeah. Or if you consider Gary Davis moved to New York City, you know, yeah. it's all the way up to New York. But it seems to be a region where a lot of guys – Made uh, played a lot of ragtime styles. It's synonymous with ragtime, really. Uh-huh. Um, they made people dance at the backyard parties. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it's it's extremely difficult, and I've had several students who come and try to learn this, and then they realize it's just too the syncopation gets them because the syncopation falls between the one, the two, the three, and the four, which is what your thumb is playing. And then in uh-huh. in between, you got this going on to get the melody offbeat. Uh-huh. That, and it's not in a pattern. It's different every measure. Wow. So it throws people. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, uh, but it's it's great. It's a very, I played an instrumental last night, which is pretty much Piedmont, although it's something I wrote. But uh-huh. 
that's a, it's a great style. I mean, John Cephas was really good at it. Um, and there aren't a lot of people playing it still. There, I can probably count on two hands the, the people who are continuing that tradition. Wow. Seriously, and, and out there and visible. Uh-huh. So, huh. the old guys have been dying rapidly, which is too bad. Yeah. Um, uh, Lauren Sheehan plays that, that style of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's actually two in Portland. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm trying to think. Well, there are more than two in Portland. Terry Robb can play it yes. when he wants to. And, when uh, he wants to. <laughs> oh, Steve Chesbrough, yeah. uh, he plays more Delta yeah. style. Yeah. Of course, now I'm going to be leaving out all these names. Yeah. There, I think there are a bunch of people who play it, but I'm talking about not all of them tour and not all of them have a yeah. international presence kind of thing. Right. You know. Right. Um, it'll never be mainstream, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a great tradition. Um, and some people use it as a stepping stone. They kind of master that and move on to something else, you know. I like to think of it as a big melting pot, and it influences a lot of the stuff that I write. You know, it, uh -huh. it's, uh, it's at the foundation of just about everything I do. Really? Yeah. Wow. Maybe not last night, but <laughs> when I play by myself, that's uh -huh. that's the uh -huh. what guides me. Uh -huh. um, uh, the 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 the, uh, the album you re you recorded in in Austin is will that be your next new album or is that not under your name? Uh, it's under our, our three names. Three names. Really, okay. we we all contributed yeah. equally to it. Yeah. Um, and we'll see what happens with it. It could just be released as an independent. Uh -huh. you know, Rich might release it on his own. We've got several people looking at it right now, so we'll see. I think we're kind of past the days of labels picking up things, yes. you know, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, we have a couple of holdouts that we're uh -huh. keeping our fingers crossed. So. Now, what about a new Mary Flower album? Oh, God, I just just did one. <laughs> <laughs> I just I know. You know, it takes me a while to to fill up the the creative yeah. space again. Yeah. When I do an album, I feel like it's just like you you empty it all out onto onto into the world uh -huh. and then it takes me I I've been doing it about every couple of years. Yeah. So it takes me a couple of years to get replenished. Uh -huh. And feel like I have something. But you know, I the last after doing the last one, I said, I'm not sure I want to do this again. You know, people aren't buying CDs. Yeah. Why am I? You know, why do? You, why bother? I've done ten of them. Isn't that enough? Now eleven. Yeah. And um, I mean, they do buy. Uh, my fans are pretty good, and they're very supportive. And but you buy most. It's on stage, you know. Yeah. That you really do the best. Um, but it, it's just such a microscope, you know. I don't think people have any idea what goes into the production of a CD. Yeah. And it just, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. So I'm not going to think about that yet, Tom. I'm going to put okay. that off for a while. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Give me a year and a half. I'll get back to you. I might be ready. <laughs> Get back to me. So funny. Should I be hearing you in these no, earphones? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 
<clears throat> so, uh, do you not enjoy the recording process? I do, but okay. I all yes, right. I mean. I just wanted to make sure. I do enjoy it. It's all the other stuff. Yeah. And it's so much work. And this last one I did on my own. And to actually do it right, you've got to send out hundreds of copies. Yeah. And I just, I just don't really have the energy or the resources or the uh, to do that. So this just kind of. It's done all right. It's okay. Uh-huh. It's paid for itself already, which well, is good. There you go. I just, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm much better with the help of Yellow Dog Records. Yes. And uh, he's a great guy, and he really does a good job. So maybe someday I'll do that again. But I, I, I told him I need his help because <laughs> he's, he's so good at it, you know. Uh-huh. So. But to, you're continuing to write, aren't you? Oh yeah, with writing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. When I'm inspired to do so. Yeah. I've been so busy recently, I haven't had a chance to even think about it. Too much going on. Where do you find inspiration? I, I wish I could answer that. Um, every once in a while, I get a good line. Yeah. And I write it down. And sometimes that turns into something. You know, I, I think I just need to shut out. There's so much going on in my life, and you know I've got a garden, you know yes. I've got, I mean, you know my teaching and my, you know, there's just so much going on. There's just I need to like have a little studio where yeah. nobody bothers me, and there's no computer and there's no iPhone, and I need to. Where does that exist? I don't know, but I have heard about this place up near Astoria. Uh huh. Um. It's got a funny name. I'm not going to think of what it is. Uh, it's a place that has all these little Airstream trailers and uh-huh. funny little <laughs> houses. And they let artists come and stay there for a week at a time. Really? And it's called uh, – oh, I, I'm not going to think of it now. It's okay. I should Google it. But yeah. I think I'm going to talk to them about coming up for a week and just really? trying to get productive. Yeah. Wow. Because I think getting away would be really good. Wow, so it's the absence of things. Oh, yeah. Ah. Yeah. And just sitting down, knowing that everything's done, sitting down in a room that has no distraction and going after it and saying, today I'm going to write a song. Ah. And I don't care what it's about. Just just do it, you know. It's a good challenge. So sometimes I start with no inspiration, but something comes. Usually the music comes, and then I think, oh, i got to have words for this. You know? uh-huh. Is that right? Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, mm. A jazz musician told me one time that um, he, uh, he knows when there's something waiting for him at the piano. Oh, he knows. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you one thing, uh, though, for me, is uh, uh, one of the greatest inspirations is deadlines. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is deadline. true. You've got to, you know, it's got to come out, you know, or else there's nothing there, you know. Uh, and then you're, then, then nobody asks you to do anything again. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of that, I heard a great word the other day, which is multi-crastination. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's me I've too. raised my hand from that I'm one. I'm with you. <laughs> I am with you. 
It's really right. something. Yeah. It's really something. Yeah, yeah, I'll get yeah. to it as soon as I finish these other 14 things that I have to do. Right, right. Uh, of course, now with Oregon Music News, it's, stuff's got to happen. It yeah. has to happen. But yeah. uh, when I was freelancing, I would do – that was – when I was on deadline, that's when my place was at its cleanest. Because uh, okay, I'll just clean here. I'll just uh, do some cleaning and uh, so cleaning your house. Yes, <laughs> so I don't have to get to it. I'll do the I'll do the laundry. I'll do something, anything to uh, prevent me from having to write this thing. I know. Uh, Come over to my house next time you have a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> After you've finished with your place, yeah. With uh, Oregon Music News, though, I mean it's it's a daily. Yeah. daily deadline so I, can't, I, don't, yeah. I don't have that luxury anymore unfortunately right um, it's a nice little magazine you have by the fun, way thank you very much I've been picking them up every yeah. once in a while fun yeah fun um, <clears throat> and so uh, but the other part of it is what I what I and I, I it sounds like it's something that you don't require but I'm always better if if I have a muse of some sort. A muse? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's your muse? I don't know. Generally, it, it's a girlfriend. It's a what? <laughs> a girlfriend. A girlfriend. <laughs> oh, the best part is the splitting up. No, it's not. <laughs> That's no, where it, everyone else gets their no, inspiration. No, 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 no. Not, not for <laughs> me. Um, I find much more inspiration in a good relationship. Uh, that's that's what, true. That, that's where the muse part comes in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not all not all partners are muses. Right. But if you have one who is, man, you just. Well, you good. can get a ton of of good, good material from that other person. You're good. Yeah. It's not even. It's not even. <clears throat> it's not even specific material. It's the mm. mindset. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, because uh, a, mu- a muse believes in you. Yeah. Yeah. It you makes know? you happy. Makes You're happier. You happy. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it doesn't. I mean, I, and and it, it's not like I, you you necessarily have to write happy things. Right. Right. You can write horrible things or you know depressing things or you know right right. But 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 there's there's that you know I don't know. It's peace of mind. Yeah. It really it is. Seems yeah, to work I better. Do. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I uh, uh, and then. I think probably I don't I don't work enough on pot anymore. <laughs> on pot? Yes. <laughs> Spent decades I, writing my best, doing my best work. You know, I have several <laughs> friends who are very successful musicians yes. who cannot function. I can file. I do function. You know, I don't smoke very much anymore. But but uh, it doesn't help me at all. It just makes me want to sit and. Watch movies and eat, pretty much. That's about it. Like, uh, yeah, I, it doesn't help me at all. That's funny. Um, so, what are you working on now? I mean, where where are you in this in, in the process of uh, you know of uh, what are you what are you writing about now? So let me ask you that. I really haven't written anything in the last month. Wow. So, okay. you know, I'm trying to put. To, I, I got so much going on. It's yeah. This has been the season. This is not an excuse, but for the last probably two months and for the next two or three weeks, I am playing with people that I don't ever play with and have never played with. 
and they're all these little one-offs. Yeah. And you get ready and you rehearse and you learn their stuff and you make lists and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you go do the gig and then it's like, see you never, you know. So it's been, I mean, like I'm playing with Claudia Schmidt this Friday uh, night. Uh-huh. And she's an old friend of mine and she's great. And she's, she's a, actually not too many people know she's also a jazz singer and has done several trad jazz albums. She's a folky at heart, but she always goes down to Clyde's. Oh, yeah. And they just yeah. love her. Yeah. I mean, she's really something. Or Ron Stein's jam? Yeah. Yeah. It's That's really entertaining. But uh, so that's really been eating up a lot of time. And then uh, I just, uh, I mean, I've got another one. I'm with uh, with uh, Joe McMurray and at Mississippi Studios next week. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's all interesting stuff. And it's people are inviting me to. Like, I've been here 11 years. It's all of a sudden they're discovering me and the fact that I might be good, you know, doing the uh, songwriter night up at, uh, up at uh, O'Connor's uh-huh. with uh, those guys yeah. who do that every month. And yeah. it's just been a variety of people. Mark Hansen and his wife doing something with them. And um, it just keeps me hopping. You yeah. Because I have to remember all this brand new material and I have to practice it. So it's like my energy has been going into all these little teeny tiny little projects and also trying to work on this uh, guitar camp that's coming up, trying to yeah. get that booked, and that's yeah. a lot of work. You you tell Mark for me that I would love to hear you play with acoustic guitar somehow. <laughs> I think that would be wonderful. Well, you, you tell Mark I think that. you're just what they need. <laughs> I'll let you tell Mark that. I just did. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. 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 So I'd, I'd, I've asked you this before, before in, in, in an earlier interview, but, uh, we, but it's been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But you have this reputation, this aura of being so nice. <laughs> and such, a, you know, such a nice person. And then all of a sudden, you come out with a song a couple of albums ago Uh-oh. <laughs> called "I'm Dreaming of Your Demise," <laughs> and I, you know, I still play that on the radio. Oh, oh God, yes. <laughs> Where you're talking of wishing somebody would drop dead <laughs> because they've been mean to me. Yes. <laughs> and everybody I know going, "Oh my God, Mary Flower sang that. She not only did she sing it, but she wrote it." <laughs> What what is the story about that song? Well, this is really funny. I have a good friend uh, whose husband's mother is in a retirement home. And she kind of just gave up. She's still alive and she's 90 or something. But they came out of uh, seeing her at some point and said, you know, she's just given up. She said, she, every time I see her, she says, I'm dreaming of my demise. Oh. And I said, I'm taking that. I'm going to run with that because I just, I love the way it sounded. So I yeah. built, I built a story around it. And you know, people are always, uh, you mean it's not based on somebody? No. Oh man. No, I know. Cause I would have killed him by now. <laughs> if that was the case, <laughs> don't cross me, man. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta be careful. I mean, there are, you know, we're at an age where a lot of people are dying, you know, and it's like 
that's a song. I mean, I play to a, a whole room full of people with white hair, and it's oh, like I just don't. Uh oh. I don't want to do it. You know. I mean, I really have to think. Do I want to do this song tonight, or do I not? Because, yeah. Because uh, yeah. you never know. But um, it's it's just goofy. It's just a goofy it's song. It's a great song. <laughs> I'm glad you like hey, it. Hey, you know what? Let me drop a let me drop a minute or so of this song right here in in, in the show. Sure. And then we'll come back. Okay. Uh, and just uh, just. Well, there's one thing I can't deny As I gaze into your beady eyes Baby, this should come as no surprise I'm dreaming of your demise Birds singing out in the park The sun is shining, I'm on a lark You appear and it all goes dark I'm dreaming of your demise Okay, well, while we were listening to that uh, that mean tune, uh, <laughs> you, you you told me that uh, uh, Paul Delay said that you were too nice mm -hmm. to play the blues. <laughs> he just it didn't make sense to him. I shouldn't have been so nice. So if I'd walked in and been an asshole, it would have been better, I guess. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Well, um, thank you for being here. It is so much fun to sit and talk to you, Tom. Yeah. I could do this all day. I mean, I you never run out of things to ask. So it's, you know, all the personal information you wanted just coming right out. You have a way. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Um, so uh, this, will, this will be up at the, on, on April 23rd. So okay. what is the next gig after that? Oh, all right. We'll, we'll find it, and we'll put it up on the, on the, okay. on the page. Okay. <clears throat> if you go that? to maryflower.com. There we go. I think I don't have much around then except for okay. maybe uh, playing the Merrill Hurst Guitar Show. Uh-huh. The, the, it's called the Instrument Handmade Instrument Exhibit. All right. And that's a little 15-minute spot. Uh -huh. I can't remember. You just have to think. We'll maryflower.com. That's, every, everything's there. Everything's there. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Tom. Yeah.